Esther chapter 5, <clears throat> starting in verse 1. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's quarters while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. And when the king saw Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight, and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter, and the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given you even to half of my kingdom. And Esther said, If it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a feast that I have prepared for the king. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, so that we may do as Esther has asked. So the king and Haman came to the feast that Esther had prepared. And as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king said to Esther, What is your wish? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Esther answered, My wish and my request is, If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come to the feast that I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said." <clears throat> on the third day, I like what Chuck Swindoll does in, in, in his chapter, in, in his biography on, on Esther, a chapter where he, he covers uh, chapter 5. That sounds rather redundant, the chapter on chapter 5. But that he says... Look at the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, and you have this white space in your Bible, this, this empty space that's there. And, it's, and it, it may be just a blank white space, but God is ever active and working in between those white lines. That you'll recall that, that, that chapter 1 was in the third year of King Ahasuerus. Chapter 2 was in the seventh year. Chapter 12 was in the, chapter 3 was in the twelfth year. But now it just slows down. The, the, the account, the narrative of these events in the, in, in the, the nation of Israel and the life of, of Esther, they slow down. What was happening... In during this time period, the, the third day. Remember back in, in chapter 4, in the 16th verse, after, after Haman had devised this plan to, what? Kill, destroy, and annihilate all of the Jews throughout the whole Persian Empire, 127 provinces, that, that in, in, in the 12th month, the month of Adar, they're going to kill all of the Jews everywhere because this one Jew, Mordecai, would not pay homage or bow down to Haman, the number two man in, in, in the kingdom of, of Xerxes, uh, Ahasuerus, the king of the, of the Persians. 
and that Mordecai or, or Haman had sent out a decree to all of the provinces in, in the month of Adar, you're to rise up, kill all the Jews, plunder all their goods. And when Mordecai learns of this, he, he, he mourns, he puts on sackcloth. The queen Esther, who is a Jew, finds out that Mordecai is, is mourning. She sends him, uh, she sends him a word saying, what, here's some clothes, put these on, come into the king's, in, into the gate. Tell me what's going on. And Mordecai then tells Esther the, the news that there's a decree to kill all of our people and you alone can go to the king and, 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 and talk to him and, and ask for deliverance. And, and Esther is, is hesitant at first and, and Mordecai sends back and, and tells her, don't imagine that if you keep silent, that relief and deliverance will not come from some other place. That, that, that Mordecai seems to be growing in his faith and his, and his, uh, in his reliance on, on the Lord. Remember in the, first, in the second chapter when Esther is, is called in for the beauty contest to pick the next queen, that Mordecai says, Shh, don't tell him that you're a Jew. But, but now he, he seems to be, um, to, to be telling her that God is going to deliver his people even if you don't stand up and do something. But, but perhaps the reason you have achieved this place is for such a time as this. And, and Esther hears those words and, and she, she accepts the, the challenge and then she tells Mordecai, go and gather all of the Jews in Susa, the, the capital city where the king's palace is, and have them fast for three days on my behalf. And, and I and my young women, we, we will fast also. Esther, this book that God is not mentioned in, prayer is not mentioned, and, and, and yet they're, they're turning to the Lord it would say kind of in between the lines, if you will. That many times, you know, when you hear the word fasting, what is the next word besides and? Prayer. Prayer and fasting. And, and I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think that they are praying, or at least many of them are, while they're fasting. That, that the fasting was was to set aside that time that you would have, have taken to prepare meals and pray, to, to dedicate oneself. And, and it's also to, to maybe uh, go without, even suffer to some degree for whatever the situation is, that you might give that to the Lord. So now, after they've done that for three days, we see that, that waiting time those three days is, and you can raise your hand. Sometimes I'll ask a question. It's like, don't raise your hand, but you can raise your hand. Is waiting anyone's most favorite thing to do? Okay, good. I, I feel better now because it is certainly not my, even in the top 10 things to do, waiting doesn't hit the list, but they, they waited Three days. Three days can be 
a long time. Remember when you were a kid, three more days till Christmas. It's like it is never going to get here. Or three more days to the, to the end of, of school. Or maybe 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 28 years ago, three more days before the wedding. Now, your parents may have, you know, been like, oh, it's got, they may have been more anxious for it to be over with than, than, than you were, but um, three days of waiting. What instructions are, or when, when, you, when you think of waiting, any, does, does any scripture come to mind? Wait on the Lord. And not to show in your face that you're fasting. And not to show in your face that, yes. that you're fasting. Yeah, don't don't go around don't appear. Don't appear. Yeah. Well, I have this written down, three or four spots, but it's, okay, it's there. Isaiah 40, 31, listen to what Isaiah tells, uh, tells Israel, tells us about waiting. Wait, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. There's going to be four things. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Their, their strength will be renewed. You know, a lot of times when we're waiting on something, it's, it's, we, we feel our weakness and, and our dread, but if we're waiting on God's time, you know, that, that, that God put it on Esther's heart and, and, and Mordecai's heart to, to, to fast and pray and, and wait for His deliverance. We're, it's, we're in the middle of, a, of kind of a cliffhanger. The, the plot thickens with each chapter in, in, in Esther. And we know that, that the Jews are facing annihilation. So what do you want to do? You want to jump in there and do something right away, right? We've got to fix this thing. But, but Esther tells Mordecai, gather all the Jews and, and, and fast for three days that we're going to take this to the Lord. And Isaiah, centuries before Esther, said those who wait, they shall renew their strength. Because if we're waiting on the Lord, what are we doing? We're, we're waiting on Him to come up with the solution, for Him to accomplish His purpose, His will, not, not us. And then He says, they will mount up with wings like eagles. Have you seen an eagle? Or, or maybe around here, maybe more like a hawk. And these, these birds of prey are, are circling, they're looking, and then push, they dive down, you know. 
and they, they get a salmon out of a river or they, they get a rat out of a field. What, so, so that picture, that, that metaphor, that those who wait on the, the Lord shall, shall mount up with wings like eagles, I, I think it means that it gives us this bigger, better perspective. That we now we start seeing things through through God's eyes, His plan, not my plan, not my eyes. If, if you've ever seen a hawk, or I've never seen an eagle, but I see hawks. They're soaring on the the wind, and they're not. It doesn't look like they're putting forth any effort. If you see other birds flying, they're having to flap their wings, and it's work. Yeah. They Good. Just kind of soar up there, just kind of float. They just float. They're not having to use their they're they're relying on God to, you know, just float them around. It's not like a hummingbird that's moving, you know, a thousand miles an hour all the time and just. But but the, that's that's a good uh, a, a a good observation too, that they're just. They're, they're like wings of eagles. Like, I'm not doing this on my power, but that draft that the Lord has, has, has produced. And he says they'll run and not be, not be wary. That they'll, they'll store up strength. It's, it's, it's they will run. It's, it's a future tense that they're going to be storing up strength and, and they'll, they'll, they'll walk and not grow faint, that there'll be this perseverance. Esther and, and Mordecai and, and, and the Jews, in that little space between the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, they're waiting on the Lord. Because who would have come up with this plan? Notice what she does. She goes in... Okay, side note, this is no charge. If ever you're in a group and they're dividing up the book of Esther, they say, okay, what we want, we want 10 people to read a chapter. We're going to study this 10 weeks, and each week I want somebody different to read a chapter. Pick chapter 5. Why? Because the king's name is not mentioned. You, you don't have to say Ahasuerus. Or, or even Xerxes. That he's just the king. Now I think, I mean that's kind of goofy, but I, maybe there's a reason too. All of a sudden, he, he's not called by his name. He's just the king. And we have this contrast of the king of kings who is really in charge. This guy thinks he's the king, but... We're going to see that the king of kings is the one in charge. And notice how many times he, the, the, the narrator repeats that, that title, the king, or the royal throne, that, that when you see the king or, or royal, the, 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 it's the same root is used for royal, the kingly throne. The, so after three days of waiting... And fasting and praying, she goes into the inner court. The king is sitting on his, on his throne. Remember why that was a big deal? Why was that a big deal? Because you couldn't go before the king without being invited or 
there's a guy standing behind the king, maybe on both sides, with a big old axe, and he's going to chop your head off if you go in uninvited. What does the king do? It says, well, even before we get that, when the king saw Esther, she won favor in his sight. That's one of the Hebrew words for grace, that, that there's loving kindness, hesed, that's, that's, that's kind of mercy and grace, but it's a different word, but it's, but it's basically one of their, their words for grace. She won grace in his sight, favor in his sight. How? How did she do that? Well, it was, it was God putting that in his heart to, to, to accept her, to receive her. Proverbs 21.1 says, And the king's heart is like a channel of waters in the hand of the Lord, and he will direct it wherever he wants. That Xerxes, ah, Ahasuerus thinks, I'm in charge. I've got Haman to do this. I have advisors. But God is moving the, the king's heart. So as Esther approaches, he, he reaches out with his, his, his scepter. And, and one note that I read said that, that Darius, one of the, the kings before, um, before Xerxes, a, pic, a picture of him from antiquity shows this scepter that is as tall as he is. You know, it's not this baton type thing, but it's this long pole with, with an ornate uh, ball on the end of it. So he, you know, she's a distance away. You got to figure he's using both hands and he leans it out and she touches it so that he, so that she might request. And then he says, what, what is your request? What, what do you want even up to half of my kingdom? Now that's hyperbole. I mean, you, you might recall in, in, in Mark chapter 6 that, that Herod, when, when he, was it his niece, his, his stepdaughter, you know, he says, what do you want? She says, the head, of, I'll give you half of my kingdom. And she says, all I want is the head of John the, John the Baptist on a platter. You know, but it was, it was, it was uh, not literal, but it's like, ask me anything. <clears throat> so what does Esther do? She says, Haman's got it in for my people. I'm, you know, he, he's, he's evil. You got to get rid of him. No. Somehow in those three days, God has, has put it in Esther's heart, her mind, given her this wisdom of how, to, how she is to present this. And she says, I want you and Haman to come to a banquet that I've prepared. And so they go to the banquet. He said, go get Haman. Let's go. Let's hurry up before the food gets cold. Let's go, let's go see what, what, what she's got. After they finish eating, what do they do? We've read this before. They're sitting around drinking wine. These guys, you know, if you had the, 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 the wine contract for the king, you could have retired. You know, they're always having parties and banquets and, and drinking, drinking, drinking. And he said, and so then he asks her again, what is your request? Does it take a little bit of, um, what, what would be the right word? Not, not composure, but a, a, a little strength of some nature for Esther not to just tell him. 
that, that, that God has given her wisdom in this case in knowing the exact best way to do it. I mean, you, you really want to jump ahead and read chapter 6, and we'll find out exactly why God put it on her heart not to, uh, not, not to ask the king now. Because chapter 6 is going to be another one of those great coincidences in the book of, 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 of Esther. But she says, what I want is for you to, and Haman to come to a banquet again tomorrow. And then I will tell you my request. So he's kind of committed because he says, whatever you ask, I'm going to do. And so he's, he, he's committed. And she says, okay, come again tomorrow, you and Haman. And then I will tell you, I'll give you my request. So, so he's, he's, he's locked in to, to, to going and also then to give, granting her request the next day. Okay, verse 9. And Haman went out that day joyful and glad of heart. What else would you expect from Haman? I mean, he, he's been invited to this three-person banquet, the king, the queen, and Haman. So, you know, he's, he's got to be puffed up more than anybody. Just, just, he's glad of heart. But it doesn't last long. He, he's, he's leaving out of the king's palace, going, going back home, going through the king's gate. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he ne neither rose nor trembled before him, he was filled with wrath against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, and he sent and brought his friends and his wife Zeresh. And Haman recounted to them the splendor of his riches, the number of his sons, all of the promotions with which the king had honored him, and how he had advanced him above the officials and the servants of the king. Then Haman said, Even Queen Esther let no one but me come with the king to the feast she prepared. And tomorrow I am also invited by her together with the king. Yet all of this is worth nothing to me as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting in the king's gate. Then his wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, Let a gallows fifty cubits high be made. And in the morning tell the king to have Mordecai hanged upon it. Then go joyfully with the king to the feast. This idea pleased Haman, and he had the gallows made. Haman goes out. He's just so full of himself. It says joyful of heart, glad of heart. He sees Mordecai, all these other people. You get the idea? They're there. They're, they're, they're bowing down to Haman, paying him homage. Not really in the worship sense, but in a respect sense. And there's Mordecai standing over there like, I'm not doing it. You're, you're nothing. You put your toga on the same way I put my toga on. You're just, you're just a man. And he doesn't, he doesn't bow down to him. And Haman is, is he's filled with, with wrath. He's, 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 he's beside himself with, with anger again. He goes home, but notice he doesn't pout right away. He, he doesn't complain right away. First he tells, he's like, come here, darling. And then he calls all his buddies in, and, 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 and he begins then to, to just remind them of how great he is, the splendor of his riches, 
you know, I've, I've got this, I've got that, I've got all these, these, this livestock, these chariots, everything. I've got 10 sons, we're going to find out later in the book. And then, then, then some writers, Josephus and others, say he had all of these sons with concubines. Whether that's not in the scripture, but just some some uh, extra biblical accounts say that he had over two hundred other other sons. I don't know if that's that's true or not. He he has ten sons. We're gonna we're gonna learn later in the book. The kings made me the number two guy. I have his ring, his signet ring. I can order anything I want. He he's promoted me above all his officials, and on top of all of that. Queen Esther invited me and the king to a banquet. We were the only ones there with, with the queen that she prepared for us. I am obviously a very important man. I mean, just make no mistakes. I want you to know this. I want all my friends to know this. But all of that is rubbish. None of that matters because Mordecai will not bow down to me. And, and he pouts, pouts, pouts. And they get an idea. They did not have good advisors in, in, in ancient Persia, at least not as recorded in the book of Esther. Remember in chapter 1, the king invites Vashti, come to this party. They've been drinking for six months and then another week and, and come to this party and let me show you off. And she's, and she's no. And all his advisors then say, well, just get rid of her. You know, just get rid of her. Get, 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 get another queen. And, 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 and so we've, we've seen this is not the first time somebody gave bad advice to one of the leaders of Persia. You know, contrast that with what did Esther and Mordecai do? They didn't look to their own wisdom. They turned to the Lord in, in fasting and, and, and seeking God's guidance in, 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 in what to do. So Zeresh... And, and the, the, those who know, the scholars say that, that when this answer or this suggestion, this, this idea is conveyed, that it's in the, the female, uh, what is it? In, it's, it's English. Uh, the verb is the female basis. It, it's, it's that it's a lady speaking that she says, it's simple. Just make a gallows 50 feet high. How tall is that in our terms? 75 feet. That's seven and a half stories. That's, that's big. Make a gallows, hang him on it, and then you can go to the feast. Even more happy than you were today when you went to the feast because you've gotten rid of Mordecai. The idea pleased Haman. You know, so they, they constantly get bad advice and they constantly like it, you know, that, that, that Xerxes was pleased when his advisor said, get rid of Bashti. So we're left with another cliffhanger. It's like to be continued. You're right in the middle of that TV show and all of a sudden it says to be continued, you know, that, that we don't know what's, what's coming next. Well, hopefully you've read it and, and, and you know what's coming next. Uh, but, but what can we glean from, from just what we've seen? And is there a picture of the gospel in this 
book, this chapter that doesn't mention God at all. But we easily see God's hand working in all of these events. You know, why is Esther queen? Why do they, they fast and, and I want to say pray for, for three days? Esther could not go to the king unannounced, which is really, in a way, we're unworthy to enter the presence of a holy God, but He has made a way that we can through the blood of Jesus that because of Christ's sacrifice, anyone can enter God's presence in, 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 in repentance and believing in, in Him, that it's only because of God's love and grace that, that we're able to, but we can at any time. We don't have to, to, to wait that He's constantly in, in, inviting us. Matthew Henry says that Esther came to, to a proud man. We come to a God of grace. She was not called, but we are. That God calls us. God gives us that invitation. That the law was against her, but we have a promise that we can, that we can enter into to his, his presence. She had no friend to introduce her, but we have an advocate at God's right hand introducing us anytime that, 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 that we want to go. The, 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 just the, the haughty nature of, of the kings of, of Haman are just the total opposite of how the, the true holy God accepts us that, that we can cry to Him day or, or night and that He hears and, and answers our prayers. What else do you see? That, that waiting on the Lord. It's only three days. Sometimes we have to wait longer than that. But that, 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 that Esther and, and Mordecai's waiting for God to bring things about in, in his, his own time was, was the key, the, 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 the example to us that don't try to solve things yourself, but, but wait on, on the Lord. J. Vernon McGee said that, that May I say, he's, this is, this is a, a quote, May I say to you, our God holds out the scepter to all mankind today that, that you, can, you can come to me, that it's an, 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 an invitation. We're kind of left there till next week on what's going to happen. We're waiting on that 
next day, that, that next banquet, the next request, and we're going to see one of those coincidences of what happens to the king that night. You know, the God moves the, the king's heart like a channel of water, whichever way he wants. And it just so happens that night, the king's not going to be able to sleep. We'll see what happens. Read, read ahead if you, if you haven't already. Any, any other observations on, on what's going on in, in chapter 5? Very good point. On the third day, it's 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 a picture. So many things happen on the third day, or in threes, all the way through the Bible. We just finished Daniel. There was three men in the furnace, and then Daniel prayed three times a day. Here, Esther is on the third day, and then over in the New Testament. Christ rose on the third day. There's so many threes all throughout the Bible. And gallows, the word for gallows is literally tree. And Deuteronomy 21 says, Cursed is anyone who is hanged on a tree. I'm glad you explained that gallows because when I think in building a gallow to hang somebody. You're thinking of old westerns where it's yeah. a trap door, trap door and, and it, a little wall to build it. Yeah. And and they build it just overnight. And but I'm glad you explained that because it makes sense. It's more of a, a pole. Yeah. And it and it wasn't but it was seventy five foot tall. Seventy five foot tall. So it's a big tree. They brought it in from somewhere. I don't know. And it wasn't too Necessarily, the, the, the article of the execution, it was to hang him up on there after they killed him. Yeah. You know, possibly impale him some. Uh, I mean, but it's, yeah, it's like hanging a coyote on your fence. You know, it's for everybody to see that, you know, this is what happens when you mess with, with Haman. And so... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Running through, um, but but that's what that's what many of the scholars say that it that it was more to display him after him or her after you know they they had been executed. Now there could have been times when that pole was sharpened and they just impaled him and let him die there, but it was it was just to leave him hanging hanging up there. And so they waited three days, very much like the disciples waited three days, not knowing what was going to happen. And now, now on the third day, Esther gets good news. And in addition to that, this is happening about the time of Passover. Remember, it was the first month. In the 13th day, when, when this decree went out, the 14th day of the first month was Passover. And then, then later, as we learned a, a, a few weeks ago from Dr. Reichman, that, that then was the, the feast of the first fruits. 
and, and then the feast of, of unleavened bread. Well, let's pray and then we'll, we'll uh, be dismissed. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I, I just thank you for this example of Esther and Mordecai waiting on you, waiting for your timing. God, give us patience, give us uh, desires to, to wait on your timing, to, to seek your will, to seek your, your guidance in, in the, the things that we're faced with, knowing that you're in control, that you move the, the heart of the, the king like channels of water. And that God, just, just for the example of on the third day, by your power, Christ was raised from the dead, that he overcame sin and death on, on our behalf, that we might approach your throne at any time, and that you will always extend your scepter to any who, who, who come to you in the, in the name of Jesus. In his name I pray, amen.